Amigos y amigas, let me start that again. <laughs> sorry, I need to stop recording. Sorry, sorry. Here we go. Amigos y amigas, another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Damas y caballeros, chiquillos, chiquillas, chavos y chavas. How much more? What else I can say? Can I say? Anyways, we'll start the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Wiso for the next nation. This is an all long podcast. You know the deal. Let's talk all about Mexican soccer. And today we finally get to talk about the national team. There's so much soccer going on. Um, was just talking to my friend here, Tom, and my friend here, Cesar, about all the soccer. And that's a pretty good way to introduce. Uh, Cesar, we were talking about how there was really nothing left in the quarantine. We're in the soccer coming back. And have you had a break from football in the last two weeks? I don't know. Not not <laughs> like, really. But here's the thing. Like, I don't – I feel like I'm not burnt, burnt out in it just yet. I imagine, like, I don't know, maybe like a month from now, to be like a Wednesday night and be like, all right, do I really need to watch like another like second division match? Like, is this really like, is this what I'm doing with my life? And just like spending all day Saturday <laughs> watching like soccer game. But I'm liking it right now. I mean, I'm digging it. There's like, a it's lot. Just, it's a, it is a lot. Though. I'm not going to pretend like it isn't a lot. It's a but, lot, especially if you try to follow like MLS and you know, European leagues or if you're a weirder like me, like second division, like American soccer, too. I don't know. But I'm, it's, it's, it is a lot, though. I think there's just a lot that you go oh my gosh, it's a really good game today. Sometimes you go, okay, what do I have to watch? And obviously when we work in this field, we're like, hey, you have to watch these games or take advantage. But there's times where it's like my usual league MX weekend of these are the games I'm going to watch. I'm like, there's other stuff I can be watching. And then there's stuff in the morning, you know, and for example, you know, the Mexicans abroad just ended, but they're going to be coming back soon. Um, and then there's the other league. So I don't know. I just kind of like that. Tom, to you, be honest. Is this too much? Are you like football overload? No, I've been watching NBA, me. Not been really watching any games. <laughs> hey, been watching the Lakers and the Leaves and the, uh, you know, Keep the it Chicago going. Bulls. Right. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I heard it was his last season, dance. It? It's his last season, right? <laughs> been doing some slam dunks, I've been hearing. Um, so, yeah, so mainly been focused on the NBA and, you know, analysing what's going on over there in the bubble. But, um, no, yeah, it's been... Uh, <laughs> It's been all right, yeah. It's been, it's yeah, it is a lot. Um, but more than anything, I just miss the, the stadium. I really like yeah, can't stand it. Yeah. Can't stand that. Something going. about like, that. I mean, why well, do you want me to go? Yeah, no, it's, it's there's something. <laughs> no, what I'm talking about. But let me just tell you that when you just said that, I kind of go. I feel like all these games. I feel since there's no fan, I don't know why, but I feel it's like it's not a hundred percent real. I don't know. I've grown yeah, accustomed to it, but it's just, it's yeah. just as weird. It's like, for, for, for example, like El Trafico, I was watching it, and I was like, like, I talked to my girlfriend, Kimberly, about it. I was like, I was like, oh, dude, like, what I, like, I know obviously we should be having fans of these games, It's just like, man, if, I would love to have gone back to the last time I covered El Trafico just because the atmosphere would be incredible. Or watching Sholos be like, oh, man, just like an atmosphere when like Sholos are winning, like, that's really incredible. So yeah, it's, it's weird, but yeah, I, I miss it too. I really, really miss it too, like Tom was saying. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like people are split. We saw, and you know, from what you said there, it just doesn't feel the same. And I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm kind of on the fence a little bit, but you know, between those who say you know it does make a massive difference, and then those who say it's still the game, you can still watch the game. And I don't know. You can see both sides, but it's just, it, I don't know. I just really want to, you know, kind of go to a game and watch a proper game. And I don't know. That's that's what I'm kind of kind of missing, and, and especially with the League of MX stuff because. 
I don't know. I, li- I like I like going to the game, and you get such a different perspective. If you go into yeah. you know one or two games each weekend, mm-hmm. then I don't know. I feel like you can bring a different perspective than than everybody's watching the same, you know, the same channel. They're getting the same commenters commentary. You know what I mean? Being in the mix zone, listening to the to the coaches afterwards, and I don't know. A lot of that stuff doesn't go out anywhere, so you kind of you know you, you get a better feel for what for what's going on, and you know that's the side. You know, as a journalist as well, that's the side that I'm kind of you know, missing, missing right now that kind of that kind of contact, that more direct contact with with what's going on, and 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 you know, moving on to the first subject. I mean, just the national team. I'm just missing, yeah. missing the national team because I think yeah. that everything that we talk about on this pod, in some way, you know, more a lot of the time relates to the national team. I mean, in a lot of ways, what we do is focused, you know, it's focused on that. And I was thinking about it today actually, just uh, going for a little walk and. And even for like the stuff that I do with ESPN, it's like the national team and that that's the summer, you know, the summer of football where you just get so many games. It is it is kind of such a focus. And then, you know, in the normal normal circumstances would be, you know, what's the date now? Like 24th of August or something. I mean, we're, we're now building up to World Cup qualifying. You know what I mean? The hex, the hex is right here. Um, next month we're starting, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, that's not, that's not that's not here yet, but um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and and you know, next year should be should be good in terms of national team, and uh, <laughs> and obviously we've got this uh, this fixture list out now, so it should be interesting. We're gonna go back to this pod saying, man, we miss a national team, and then we're gonna look at how many games a national team will be playing. The time we're gonna be like. <laughs> All right, that's a lot of national team games. Um, and to our first topic, World Cup qualifying. It is out, guys. You know, the World Cup is in two in like three months, two years in like three months. It'll be here before you know it. Qualifying, usually we're already starting, you know, to get the buzz on that very first round where Mexico usually does really well. And then here comes the hex. Obviously, we talked about how CONCACAF and FIFA got together and did this new uh, kind of like octagonal, uh, the octagon yeah, type of round. The oct, the oct. The Oct? The, the Sounds weird. The Ocho. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, I, I hate the Ocho. Or the, I don't know, it just, just annoys me, that one. How do you say Octagon? <laughs> How do you say Octagon? Is, uh, it's probably just Octagon or something like that, isn't it, in Spanish? Octagonal? Octagonal. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have... To, the Hex sounded kind of cool. But anyway, um, the schedules are out, at least for... Well, it's complete schedules for the first round that start next month for... Um, for some countries, Mexico doesn't start until June of next year, and the actual schedule kind of came out. For some reason, I think it like took everybody by surprise. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that's right, it's today, and you know, and then it was out, and it was early in the morning. So you know, we started to tweet and started to talk about it, but we really put too much emphasis. Um, but the first game is in June for Mexico. It's versus Mexico versus Jamaica, and immediately. I started to think of 2013. Mexico, Jamaica, remember that tie with Chapel. <laughs> and if yeah. we're looking at a lot of why, you know, and we'll, we'll go through it right now, but if you're looking at a lot of, you know, the traveling that Mexico has to do during these, don't be too surprised if there's ties, if there's losses, just because of the heavy amount of traveling. We'll start with four games in June, as we already talked about in other pods, right? Between a two-week thing, uh, like around a two-week, um, time frame because of the FIFA dates. I think the very beginning of the month, six one to six fourteen, um, and then there's a break until September. Two games in September, two games in October, two games in November. Uh, then, obviously in 2022, with 
two games in January. The U.S. is around there. And March, uh, two games there. So lots and lots of travel at the beginning, um, especially with with the four games in June um, to start off with. But it looks like Mexico does luck out at the end, closing with uh, you know Panama or Curaçao. depends on the group winners, which it looks like it's projected. El Salvador uh, away. Uh, playing the U.S. and then also at home uh, against, I believe, El Salvador, Trinidad and Tobago. So, or no, Honduras, I'm sorry. So in there, Tom, to you start off, when you look at the World Cup qualifying, there are things that favor Mexico. For example, going into, you know, Denver in December or or November or January, like the Ticos did in that, you know, whiteout game or going into, you know, San Pedro Sula in the middle of the summer. I yeah. think I, I think maybe Panama maybe is in there on the, during the summer. Uh, it could be, you know. Yeah. But is, is this, how yeah. do you see this? Is this going to be the easiest qualifying for Mexico to date? No, I mean, yeah. Mexico shouldn't be scared of whatever the schedule is. You know what I mean? It's like it's the number one in the region right now. I don't think that's in any doubt. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the, you know, if you look at the rankings or, or by any kind of independent measurement, Mexico's the number one team in the region and, and should be able to qualify relatively smoothly history teaches us though that it doesn't it doesn't often happen like that um and and, and yeah you know, there are some tricky tricky games in there i think that middle section is is a bit difficult yeah. um but i think at the end of the day you know you look at the last the last five games the mexico have got and four of the last five at home i mean you got to see that through mm-hmm. you know there's there's no there's no doubt that you know you basically you know the hex if you win your home games you you know or they're octagonal or whatever if you win your home games, you're through. Mexico traditionally strong at home, although that may be a little bit weaker over the over the last what five five, five to ten years. But um, but yeah, I think if you win the home games and then I don't know. I mean, I think you look to that to that to those U.S. games because those U.S. games are the you know the probably the highlight of qualifying. Those are the games that you know I think get people fired up and you know playing in the states in in October 14th of October. I don't think uh, 2021. I don't know. I mean, it depends where they're going to look for the coldest place with no Mexicans. But I mean, I don't know. It kind of annoys me the conversation, but I, <laughs> I love it. I think it's great hey? just because, like, I think it's great just because it's just U- U.S. soccer and U.S. soccer fans just freaking out, trying to figure out. It's like, all right, where where could we potentially go where we would sell tickets where the club like wouldn't have that many like Mexican fans and we'd be potentially freezing. I think I don't. Know. I love it. I think it's great. Well, I, yeah, I it's right, but this is my, this is my thing though. This is my thing, all right. If if right, I, I know this sound this will sound ridiculous, and you know I've not tweeted it or anything because people just start laughing at me. But this is my this is my thing. If I'm Alaska. US soccer, Alaska, get ready. Roll, I'm, I'm Rose recording. Bowl. Rose Bowl, playing the Rose Bowl. You know you do whatever you want to do with your you know your fan section. You have a massive fan section. Yeah, the Mexican fans are going to be in the majority. But if you're a if you, I don't know, it's kind of like when I, when I hear the conversation of oh 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 what's the what's the temperature in Minnesota in October, like it's, like, it's such a small mentality, you know what but, I mean? Oh, but twenty thousand seats. It, Tom. South America everybody people does do it. it. Yeah, Bolivia yeah. No, I've got I've got no I've got no counter argument to that. You know, I've got no <laughs> counter argument. Like, I mean, like. they, they they have to do they have to do what they want to do to to obviously. You know, to to maximize it, but they talk about attracting the kind of Mexican American fan to U.S. soccer. It's like I tell you, what's not the way to do it is to is to have this conversation like they have, 
which is let's find somewhere where there are no Mexicans and um, and it's really cold because the Mexican players don't like cold. You know what I mean? It's like if you look at the US right now, they've got some big players. You know, they've got some players playing in 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 big European clubs. They've got a good young generation. I, d- I just think it'd be like throw down a marker and say right from the US side, we'll play you at the Rose Bowl. You know, we've beat you. We've we've now beaten you in the Azteca. Um, you know, it might might have been a friendly, but we've we've got results in the Azteca in in qualifying as well. You know, like, I don't know. I know I know it's not kind of a, a well-rounded no, argument, sense. but but you know what I'm saying. If you're if you're a U if you're a Mexican American fan, I just think you kind of respect U.S. soccer a lot more than uh, you know this kind of hiding and like kind of retreating. For me, it's just like a, a really small team mentality. But we saw. Like you said, I've got no counter argument. Obviously, but, from a sporting set point of view. So we heard like it here. Tom's calling them in an equipo chico. Because those are the 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 equipo chicos are the ones that do that, right? So in looking at South American qualifiers, they do take them up to seven thousand feet and try to, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think was Bolivia. Bolivia. Bolivia was taking them to like. <laughs> yeah, but even Colombia playing, um, I think Barranquilla and and you know Ecuador, I think play altitude and you know, yeah, but, but and you know the counter argument is Mexico playing Mexico City and you know they've got all oh, the altitude and the smog and 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 it's you can't it's true you know what I mean but what are you gonna do? It's the it's the capital city and it's the biggest, the biggest stadium. Now. Yeah, I mean, if we're, I mean, if, we're if we're looking if we're looking for hot takes, I'll I'll just say what I mentioned on the on the group chat, which is like hot takes, just, hot, hot, hot takes, just like you know what, like if, if the U.S. men's national team is looking for a really 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 like tough environment for Mexico, it's just like just give Mexico two games at the Azteca and then just hold Mexico to a zero zero draw because that fan base <laughs> will be so much more harsh on all three at a zero zero draw at the Azteca than anything than That's anything that they take. would face the U.S. It's oh, true. We've had a right column. Right we, column we, on that. You should totally write a why column. The US, why, the, why, the US, <laughs> why the US should host Mexico in the Azteca? I'm going to find some. Five money. reasons. <laughs> get, get, get that on Food Mexico. But, but, but I guess in all seriousness, though, I think for me, I mean, yeah, I agree. Mexico shouldn't have any issues here. I mean, once again, I mean, I, that's also me ignoring what happened in 2013. But I think what's going to be more interesting is just how they balance. 2020 and 2022 because there's still nations league matches in march you still have the gold cup in july um in theory like the olympics could still be returning next month so there's be like a core of players young players are getting involved with that you still have the sum games to somehow fit in there as well so i think when you couple that with Liga Mekis and potentially return of Leagues Cup, Conquer Champions and more. I mean, I think I think it just says you need to count on a on a long list of players. You know, obviously having a busy schedule is nothing new for Mexican players, but I mean, if we're talking about being burnt out, you just hope that a lot of these players aren't burnt out or injured and just I, th- I think it should be interesting to see how the national team plans on balancing this out because once again, this isn't the hex. There it's it's now the it's an it's an octagon, and that means it's also four additional games too. So, how do they think Mexico will have any trouble, you know, qualifying for the World Cup? But it's more so, how are they going to balance out just a long, 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 long list of games? I I actually think they it, it's not going to be a smooth kind of qualification because of the schedule, and because I know I know you know Tommy said it's really it's really good that Mexico is going to close five out of the six games, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you know five five games four out of the five games at home 
But that means that right before that, and you mentioned it, right before that, Mexico has, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six games that are going to be away in like in, in, in or, the seven games. Or in a row. In a row. Like, and, and, yeah. and, and that's that right there. The very, I, I honestly think we're going to drop points in the very first four games. Four games, four different countries in two weeks. I think it's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be some ties in there. Then comes two home games. Okay. But then comes that stretch of away games where it could be, you know, Trinidad and Tobago or Honduras. It could be, I mean, or El Salvador. It could be obviously the U.S. in October, which wherever they're going to have it, it depends, I think, you know, in if it's Minnesota or if it's Denver or whatever. I mean, it could be cold, really cold, or it could also be 70 degrees. Like, it just depends. So go global warming. Um I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they start. I mean, in theory, as long as Mexico has a good start, I don't think they should have too many worries. I think the worry is maybe if it's like 2013 and Mexico does get that draw against Jamaica, maybe they lose or draw mm-hmm. uh, to Costa Rica. Maybe they, and then maybe they only get a win or two after that. Then that's when you really start to worry about that midpoint of the schedule. Because like, yeah, like you guys said, it's, it's four away games. Uh, you know, one against the U.S., one against Jamaica, and then even once that's done, I mean, they they play Costa Rica at home, so. I think as long as Mexico avoids any, as long as they avoid any surprises in the start to qualifying, I, I don't think they should worry too much. But if there are some hiccups beginning of qualifying, then yeah, that's when uh, yeah. things might get yeah. a little challenging there. That's what the whole game. November. Yeah. When the, the thing home- is though, the thing is though, apart from the states, I can't see any of the teams right now. You know, I can see it being really tight qualifying in general. You know what I mean? But but you know, I think Mexico. Uh, I don't know. I just think they've got way too much right now, and and I think yeah. probably the states will up by then, um, if if their players keep developing. So, I mean, what what I'm saying is, I think Mexico can slip up in games. Of course, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, these places are really difficult to go and get results. But I don't know. I, I just think I don't know. I just I can't see it. Me. I mean, you. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to see it in 2012 either. But you know, it, it can happen. But I I, I think Mexico got too much. Too much right now, to be honest. But but that's where the other games where you know there's gonna be giving some of the youngsters that could be that needs you have to field an Olympic game, Olympic qualifiers in July, which I, I, I mean qualifiers and the Olympics in July. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, so are you taking some of those youngsters that are gonna be there? Are you gonna have a full team to go against Jamaica and against Costa Rica, against Panama and against Canada? The first four games in those two weeks, I think Mexico drops some points in there, either a tie at home or tie away, or maybe in a loss away. Okay, fine, we're okay. Then comes that big stretch of 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 away games. The U.S. is around there. You know, it's you know how fast it can just come crashing yeah, down. Yeah, it can. Yeah. No, Where all of a sudden, in, yeah. Yeah. In November of next of next year, we've only won two home games and tied a few and lost a few, and we're at the you know at the at the you know in fourth or fifth place, where the yeah, federation and then, and freaks then, out, right? Yeah. And guess, and guess who comes to save us? <laughs> Here he is. I wonder what the ending of this story was. <laughs> guess, it all planned out. guess who comes to save us? Either Aguirre it all planned out. or so that's so that's why he didn't Thomas stick around. Popeye. Stick around to their in their relegation. Okay, so that's why he's just waiting for Mexico to call next year. Okay, makes sense. That's <laughs> it. Like, no, 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 no. I, but, um, but you shouldn't have. But it could. It is going to be. It is going to be interesting to see how they balance the players. But I think this has to take priority. I think the, the yeah. Olympics will become become secondary. Um, you know, because I think um, Tata Martino knows that he's not going to have a lot, a lot of time, even though with so many games. 
you know, to, to, to have, to have these players together and every, you know, every day training them is going to be important. And, you know, um, I'm sure there'll be fringe players that'll go to the Olympics, but I think, you know, and Edson Alvarez, you know, maybe that Olympic dream's over for someone like him, someone like Piojo Alvarado, the, the same, you know, maybe those guys, um, you know, JJ Macias as well. I think Cesar Montes. I, I just don't think the the prospect of those them them guys going to the Olympics is 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 going to happen. Knowing that you know the first team players and for the clubs and secondly the schedule that Mexico have got is just so busy. I mean, yeah. we'll have to see when the Olympics are as well because they might you know they, I don't know we'll, we'll see. There's so much still kind of up in the air because the Olympic qualifying hasn't been 100% confirmed yet. So. Yeah. And maybe maybe the Olympics are going to be in August or something. You know what I mean? And and you know after the after during, after during the Gold Cup. Cup. <laughs> I mean it's crazy, isn't it? But but like March we've got the final four, so you know maybe Tata yeah. um, Martino will just be like, you know, all right, let's I'm going to send the the better young players are going to go and qualify for the Olympics because that's important. Um, and the final four, I don't know. I think the other the other side of it is maybe extends a little bit um you know the careers of players like you know like a Miguel Layun like even a Chicharito whose kind of situation has just been floating around for so long now you know these kind of players who kind of maybe we thought you know is, is they're going is, to is is 2020 going to be kind of the final year where we see the the passing of the baton and and you know the the new generation really start rising and and those guys kind of fall off a little bit um, and you know we've not seen it because they've not played any games. But um, I don't know. I think I think with so many games in 2021, it, it almost kind of opens the door for them a little bit because Tata's gonna yeah. gonna call up a lot of players next year because you know going just them, those some games. I don't know what you've heard, we saw, but the the way I'm looking at it now, the more more I'm looking and thinking about it, and you know seeing this game against Costa Rica being confirmed, which keep an eye on that as well because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a story coming out in espn mexico and costa rica and actually the costa rican federation president said you know if the costa rica government has these plans to um anybody returning to the country has to quarantine for 14 days then they'll basically cancel the friendly so it's something to keep an eye on both costa rica and mexico are desperate to play the game but at the same time you can't have the players just doing nothing for two weeks just to play one game in, in, in Mexico it's not worth it so so yeah so um, can't remember what I yeah so the some games I just think they're going to be midweek I mean I just think that's how they're going to fit them in and, and when we look at the calendar if you don't extend those FIFA international windows which you know Victor Montagliani has said that that's not the plan for CONCACAF UEFA have done it for the windows that are coming up that's why Mexico are going to the Netherlands but if if, um, if CONCACAF don't do that then, I mean, you just can't play those friendlies in the FIFA window. So, therefore, yeah. I think a lot of these games are going to have to be midweek and with, obviously, domestic and MLS squads. Yep. I mean, looking at those calendars, don't don't be surprised if there's more than five games next week, also because of the contracts and all that's happening. And so, it, you know, every month that there is nothing, not a FIFA date, I think there's going to be two games at least, or you know, at least one game for some, and the con, you know, because of all the contracts that they have to do in the U.S. because they missed out this year too. So there's going to be a lot of games, a lot of games. But- yeah, and once once again, it just leads to that whole. I mean, I think something we've been touching upon is just 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Mexico balances out, you know, because, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about like the friendlies that are coming up, uh, you know, you know, the near future. I mean, yeah, maybe Costa Rica won't happen, but Mexico still has a friendly this October against the Netherlands. I imagine, you know, we might see another and obviously usually around like January, February, you know, typically we see some friendlies around then as well. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Federation decides to to balance this all out. And like Tom said, I mean, maybe some of these older players or maybe even some of the younger ones, too, who are like on the fringes, you know, they'll, they'll be getting opportunities and there'll be a lot of chances uh, next year. That's for sure. All right. All right. Well, we'll continue to talk about the national team anytime we have some news. I think, um, you know, there's not that many games until, uh, well, hopefully September 30th, Costa Rica. But again, the safety of, of those players and coming back, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. The national team and all the news. Desperate for a game here. Let's go to... Uh, Chivas, America, let's go to the two most annoying, I mean, not annoying, I'm sorry, the two most, <laughs> <laughs> the, two, the two most popular teams, just kidding, and don't come at me, America and Chivas fans, because uh, then you'll be working together, and you can't do that, um, and like really have a conversation of what's happening, this is a segment we're going to call the state of Chivas, the state of America, and where they're at, it looks like they're both down in the dumps, um some are saying bye-bye you know they want their coach to be away someone's saying what the heck's happened to our players but let's start off with chivas and that in there's always been a theme with the mexican soccer show ever since i've hosted and tom has been on the show and says that there's always a time during the year and during the season we always go what is wrong with chivas and they might win championships they might make it to liguilla or they might be in relegation talk, but there's always something wrong with chivas even when there is when then they're doing really well and they win the very thing of like, well, what's wrong? What's going to happen? Or what what are they doing wrong? So we're going to start with that conversation. Um, El Rey Midas, I believing that he's having some type of impact. There's stuff off the field. There is, you know, striker concerns. There's so much that we can talk about. What a keeper concerns. But uh, you know, I guess we have to have that talk. And that there was obviously news that came out that two players got suspended because they were two days before out partying and uh, recording it and chugging Smirnoff, which we had a conversation on the chat about how <laughs> bad that is. But it doesn't look good for Chivas when players are out there. So Tom Cesar, Chivas hermanos are listening. What What's going on? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think they've got they've got a disciplinary problem. I think with yeah. you know Uriel Antuna on the Friday night before the Saturday game, obviously chugging the vodka and and then Alexi <laughs> Vega vodka. as well. Tamarindo vodka. Is it, mean, is it, isn't that cheap, Tom? You're in Mexico, like isn't that like cheap, cheap? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it's not expensive. I <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the type of drink that his wage could probably afford, but um, <laughs> we, I mean, I, I, I sent a tweet about this and it got quite a interesting response because there were people were both sides, you know what I mean? Because I'm kind of like 48 hours before a game, it's totally unprofessional to do that. You know what I mean? It's just not what you should be doing as a professional player, um, you know. And then people were coming like, yeah, but when when you know when. People when they're 21, 22 years old, it's kind of what they do, and it's like, yeah, definitely, yeah, but true. not not when you're a professional footballer. It's like yeah, when you're exactly. a pilot, if you're yeah. flying an airplane, 
it's, it's just not the thing to do, you know, to get completely wasted like a day before or something. You know, it's one thing to go into work a bit hungover and just like lie on your desk or whatever. Go into a game when... the night before, going out and, you know, yeah. and then going to cover a game. No, I've never done that, we so you know oh, me. No. <laughs> <never done> that. <laughs> no, but it's, it does say it, it does bring a lot about like their professionalism, you know, like, yeah, people could say like, oh, you know, like maybe they just want to you know, unwind. Maybe they just want to relax. Yeah. You know, fair play. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they do want to relax. Maybe they do want to, you know, chill out a bit. You know, there is a lot of pressure for these players. But at the same time, I think it's also fair to criticize them for not only doing that but for also posting it on social media and it just it just looks irresponsible there's like no way that you can say that and say that 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 looks like a a responsible player it, it, or players you know group of a uh, couple of players there so it's it's i don't know it's 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 unfortunate and also I've, I've mentioned this too just like don't i'm not saying that you should that, that they should be drinking or they should be doing that kind of thing but just like also they should have known what was coming when they posted on social media like they're not dumb maybe they are i don't know well, but like i think that's like, the but, thing why it's, it's it's i think it's the it man it's like you look at, i have other little cousins that are like 17 i'm like what are you doing bro like come on you need, and it's kind of like it's it's that young mentality like they didn't think about it you know we've all done really stupid stuff but you can't do that as a player but yeah, That's they know. The problem. They know. They know how the media works, and they exactly. know. And they also they they're, they're well aware of just like they, they have a new manager that's stepping in. Like they they're. Like they wasted on Tamarindo Smirnoff. Like that's the, the decision of do, of going live while you're chugging, you know, Smirnoff. Like that's that it tells you exactly why they did that. They're wasted. Like you don't just chug and yeah. have a good time to relax. They were literally yeah. wasted. They thought it was funny. They weren't thinking. And and now the concept it's what happens when you're a kid, right? When you're 18, 17 years old and you do something stupid and then you can't control yourself during you know alcohol and gl- gladly that. That's the only thing that happened. I mean, some others get in a car accident. Some others, you know, other things can happen while you're inebriated. But it's typical young, a young person mentality. It reminded me of like being 17 and sneaking away with some bottle of alcohol that like you shouldn't chug. And it's just what was yeah. it? Was it was it Smirnoff? Yeah, but I mean, it's it, it or something. I mean, true. This is the thing with Antuna. He's true. been to Europe. Yeah, he knows what the standard is. He knows what, you know, and that's in the Dutch League. It's like he failed over there, basically. He came back to Galaxy. Galaxy gave him a chance. And, you know, from what I've heard, his time in Galaxy, you know, they weren't delighted with how he was off the field Mm -hmm. at certain points Mm -hmm. there either. Um, I mean, you've got his wife or his girlfriend doing, like, YouTube blogs and nothing against it and all that. But And then she starts doing it when he's got, like, a high fever and stuff, suffering from coronavirus. It's kind of like there's a pattern here, especially with Antuna, that I don't like, you know, if I'm a scout at, at like Man City or a big European club, these are the things that you look for. You know, these are the things that you say, mm-hmm. all right, this Could be guy, a problem. Uh, 48 hours before the game has, you know, he's, he's been photo doing this. Um, he, he's just recovered from coronavirus. His wife did this video about him suffering and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and then in February, he was, was also caught photographed by the tabloids um he appeared to be completely wasted and there there as well um trying to trying to kind of get with this girl this actress um i mean what i'm saying is each one of these incidents on their own isn't like oh this guy's a disgrace he needs to be sacked whatever you know what i mean it's like people make mistakes he's young hopefully he learns from him. but as a collective it's now kind of like you think is this guy professional you know what i mean is this guy is his head where he needs to be to get the m- maximum he possibly can out of the talent he has because 
And Tuna's got that rare ability. He's just he's just so quick. He's got yeah, he's, this ability to beat players that he's very. You can't like I know it's a cliche, but you can't teach that. Um, you can work on the other things. You can work on to a degree on the decision making, on the crossing and stuff like that. But you, that raw pace is just like that's why that's why he's you know Tata obviously picked him for the national team. And but he's just concerning that you know that this kind of stuff comes out. And, and like Cesar says, then you just got a new manager. It's like it's just the mentality thing of like why did you think that was okay? It was your birthday, fair enough. But why? What, at what point did you think? it was okay to, to kind of, to do that. You know what I mean? And then you kind of, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm going way outside of it, but then you think who's surrounding you, who are the people advising you here? You know what I mean? Who, who, why aren't people being close? You know, the people close to you, maybe your agent or, you know, the, 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 the wife, your friends, whoever, how, why aren't they influencing you? Why are they not steering you away from that? Because it's just not, it's just clearly not the right thing to do. But, uh, but yeah, it completely split opinions in my Twitter. I was kind of um, shocked, to be honest, because most people, were, a lot of people were like, oh, it's 48 hours before the game. It's like, he's gonna, he can play fine, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, like I said, that's not the point. The point is, if you if you want to reach the very top, that's not the way to go about. And because if you're, if you're a European scout looking at that, you've got a big question mark now, over, especially over Antuna. It's everyone's focusing on Antuna. Too. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I mean, Alexis Dale was also. I mean, I don't know. He, he seemed like he didn't do nothing wrong, but he was also in the kind of tabloid yeah. thing. I think earlier this year or, or later last year. And I don't. I, I mean, I honestly don't think it, in that incident he did anything wrong. But at the end of the day, what happens is those two players get um, get removed from the squad indefinitely, according to Chivas. So we need. We need. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how long they're not involved because you know they lost against Toluca on Sunday. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't think they were good, but I thought I didn't think Toluca were good either. Um, and Chiba should have won that game, but I don't know. I know it's um, it's an easy thing to say with kind of hindsight and all that, but um, I think if Antuna and, and Alexis Vega were playing that game, Chivas get take the three points. I yeah. mean, you know, mm-hmm. Ronaldo Cisneros playing on the wing, it just didn't work one bit. Um, there was a lack of fluidity. I mean, obviously, you've got this situation with. Antonio Rodriguez, where you know he, Antonio Rodriguez makes that really bad mistake, but also Pansy as well. It is you know just the basic defending at the back post. Yeah. He didn't know the guy was behind him, and I, I mean it was just a really bad goal to concede defensively. But um, but yeah, I mean I think Vucic, I don't think it's kind of panic stations by any means. Of, of course, not. I think they won the last two before that one, uh, but he's definitely getting a chance now to. So have a look at these players and have a look who you can count on and, and, and which ones are going to you know be part of the, the 11 moving forward, which ones you need to switch up. It's going to take time. You're going to have to you know move the pieces around a little bit. Um, Calderon's the one for me that I still... I mean, I, I just think he's a... I don't know. I said it before, but I think he's a great, really, really good left-back. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, he's also got that reputation now of being a bit of a mm-hmm, bit of mm-hmm. a party boy and all that kind of thing. And um, you just wonder if if the fact that I mean, this guy surely is a better bet than Ponzi at this point, you know. Yeah. And and just the fact that now two managers have not played him is kind of like what's what's going on there behind behind the scenes. Yeah. Is it, is it like a, you keep saying? And, and I'll go to you right now, Cesar. But like. I keep looking like those party, like, I feel like Chivas players have always some kind of, like, I don't know, maybe it's, oh, like, institutional. There's, there's, there's like, more of a focus Cuba, on them. No, but Kubo, Marco Fabian, you know, uh, it's, 
Chicote. Like, you, like I think, I, I feel like there's always some off-the-field stuff with, like, Chivas players more than any other club. And they have it could be. I mean, it's tough to know when you <laughs> you really don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But I I, I think a big, big factor in that is just that there is a, a, a bigger focus sure. uh, on those kinds of things. For example, like, like uh, you know, when we were let's like, like, for example, let's think about um, when we were thinking about like the rundown, you know, for for today, we got to think about Chivas. We got to think about America because those are the two bigger clubs. That's you know what people want to hear about. That's what gets clicks that's what gets information but you know do people yeah, want to yeah. hear do, do people do people want to hear about like uh a Sholos, two shows players also like remove the club indefinitely for off the field issues no i mean yeah. not, not exactly maybe over here more locally for me yeah but i think maybe you know that isn't a conversation or that isn't really much of a bigger talk about because it's just not what drives clicks or interest yeah. or kind of a lot of attention but i mean who knows M maybe there is a tendency for chivas players maybe because there's a bit more of a, a spotlight on them there's a little bit more stress well, they're all mexican right yeah so it's like <laughs> they're all, well it, no it is it's true yeah, because yeah. we're going to care for those players so yeah true a, oh, yeah, that's a, a good point. an extranjero that might go party and well you know what he's not going to He's not. It's not going to hurt our national team. There might be not that much attention. It happens in other clubs. I mean, even big drama like with Salvador Cabañas out partying the night before, you know, in 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 a club, and then what happened with him. And I guess it does happen. It just feels like there's always some kind of like Chivas players and you know disciplinas that we kind of hear about. But and it's and it's just unfortunate. And it's just unfortunate for them this season because obviously, I mean, just you know, players have gone missing due to. COVID-19 you know, related reasons, you know, I mean, that's, that's what they had a, a difficult start to the first, you know, to beginning of the season, you know, would that have meant that then it would have kept his job? Maybe, I don't know, but right now they've had, you know, some off the field issues and that impacts the team. And, you know, when Macias isn't having his best game up top for Chivas, you know, you, you'd expect <laughs> players like Antuna or Vega to step up. And the thing is they weren't available, you know, and, and, and coupled with Donio, like Rodriguez, like, I don't know how we allow that goal. I mean, Tom, we do have to bring up Ponce there for for having a role in that. But when that happens, I mean, what then that leads to is a loss for Chivas. But like Tom said too, I mean, if we're taking a bigger step back, yeah, they got to sort some off the field stuff. But I mean, this isn't like they're in a, I don't think they're in a crisis just yet. I mean, it's only the second game for Vucetich. I mean, it's a it's a bit unfair to harshly criticize him right now. Um, but. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes going forward. I think they got Bachuca up next. That could be a pretty good test for them. Um, is Alan Pulido in the talks there of people saying he was not a good player, but now looking at not having a striker in the way that we've seen? I mean, the guy, I'm not saying he's an amazing, but I would think that Alan Pulido could help this Chivas team, and he left. J.J. Macias not being the J.J. Macias. Guys, I, I hate to tell you that, but, like, people that shine in Leon only shine in Leon. Like, it's just it's just how it's going to be. Like, it's outside of Leon. It's not going to happen. So, as a Leon fan, I'm kind of like, bring him back. Bring him back. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but to you, Tom, the – is you know, I also kind of keep hearing, is there some problems in the – in the locker room, Busicic uh, obviously is a, is a player that does that. You know, he's he'll be able to bench JJ Macias next week. I think he's a he's a coach that doesn't care about the personalities. Um, I think it's good that he's there, and if there's anybody that can do it, just in what I know about but about Chivas, about Busicic. But to you, outside of the field, there's more problems than during the field, or there's still a lot of problems because you know, for example, no strikers or or problems with the with the defense. How do you see it as far as tactics and and players? 
No, I mean, they've had problems with players being absent, and obviously that incident didn't help. I mean, all the way through the season with the COVID as well, they've really struggled with it. And, you know, clearly it's been it's been a big issue. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly think confidence as well is, is down. And, you know, obviously they got a couple of wins Um Wins before before this last weekend, but I don't know. Um, I think Vucic is just going to need time. I think, it, like I said, he's going to need he's going to switch things up bit by bit. He's not a guy who's going to go crazy and kind of rip up you know rip up everything that was going on before. He's going to kind of take his time to to move the pieces and and find the kind of chemistry that he's looking for. But um, but yeah, there there are certain things that do need um, you know the do need looking at. I think is he going to play with two strikers? Uh, because at times Chivas have played with two strikers. Are they going to play with a, somebody behind the, num- the number nine? Um, you know, is um, is uh, Angulo, is that is that the guy? You know, is that the guy they want behind the number nine? What's going on with Chofis? I mean, he's he's coming out, he's playing this kind of bit part role. Apparently he's lost three kilos. Um, you know, in the central midfield, you know, Molina, do you want to keep him there? Do you want him kind of the, the holding, the, the, the linchpin of the midfield? Or... Is his presence right now kind of, you know, just holding things up in terms of the fluidity of the play? Um, would it be better to to bring in Villarpando alongside alongside Beltran um, and kind of, you know, but then you balance that. How does that affect kind of, you know, defending set pieces? I mean, you've got very few players in that team aside from the centre backs who are good in the air. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that Vucic does need to decide about. But um, but yeah, I think I think. Like I've always said this season, and and even going back to, to the kind of you know January, I mean this Chivas squad is good, and I'm not buying the argument that this this squad isn't a good squad. It just um, you know obviously it needs to it needs all the players there and fit and ready, and um, and yeah a bit of confidence behind them. But I still think this is a this is a really good squad, and if Fusitius can get it right, then then they can challenge. But I don't know, not playing like they did in that, that first half, well, the first 30 minutes against Toluca, I mean, it wasn't great, to be honest. <laughs> All right, last thoughts about Chivas, Cesar. I mean, I yeah, I think they'll be fine. Out. They'll be fine? I think they'll be fine. I think eventually, I think... Uh, you know, we'll teach, uh, yeah, I mean, did, <laughs> when, the top, when the top 12 go through, then yeah, I mean, they'll be okay. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't imagine that they'll have too many issues... Uh, qualifying for you know the, the playoffs yeah i mean they might have some more hurdles we'll see i mean you can't predict you know covid19 cases going forward so hopefully more league of Vegas teams avoid those kinds of things but i, mean, I, th- I think boost will eventually get everything back i'm not saying they're gonna, like win championships to be a strong contender but things will be more positive and they'll, they'll qualify for the playoffs okay all right all right well let's move over to the eagles las aguilas del america with almost the same thing fuera piojo you know, continues to trend on that. Um, Tom Venus out? Is that something I... Uh... Yeah, definitely yeah. big time. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got done got done on social media. <laughs> to be fair, the guy, he wasn't just a tweet saying he was out. He, like, he did a whole comunicado. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, he'd actually written it up and like it, it read like a thing he wants. So by the time I could check the... Um, you know, I was in the middle of something. You know, it's like you're in the middle of something, then you check the mm-hmm. Twitter, and it's like, oh, damn, Venus is out. And I seen it was from like four hours ago, so I was like, why have I not heard about that? You know what I mean? Why has that not come through? And then, um, yeah, so <laughs> for I those up, that but... are in the contest, we saw something from Tom. 
let me just say that Tom, I don't, I don't ever remember you, you know, taking something or you know, tweeting it out. It wasn't you know, misinformation or something like that. Like you know, anytime I see Tom, and I think Cesar, you and I, like if. Um, I've tweeted stuff out that, oh, crap, I should have checked the double source, and I don't know if you have yeah. said something, but when you yeah. saw that, I'm like, oh, crap, man, they're really, oh, this is horrible, and then we see, you know, Amy, who's always like, hey, by the way, that's fake, and, you know, and it's, it happens, Tom, it happens, but it's funny, and uh, I actually wanted to throw that in there, because I'm going to blame Amy, she said you should mention it, too, so, <laughs> <laughs> so there are, maybe Amy doesn't listen to the whole part, and this is in the middle, but anyway, um, America, um, Lots and lots, you know, I could have a whole discussion just to you as an America, but we'll start with you. Um, Cesar, with the same question, are they going to be mm-hmm. fine? Um, yeah, I think so, as long as they don't fire Piojo, because I think that's just ridiculous yeah. to be doing something like that. I mean, it's just, it's just the, I mean, I mean, here's the thing, like, there's no way of avoiding the, the topic that they've been poor in the last couple of games, you know, allowing seven goals. Was Is it seven goals? Yeah, seven goals. And your last two is not exactly ideal, especially that. I mean, I think some people could point and be like, well, it's Monterrey, you know, they're a good side. They have some good goal scorers. Yeah. But I mean, against Guerrero, I mean, they were just good at that. were just fantastic on those counters that America should have done better there. I think the issue for them going forward, too, is just that, I mean, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be a playoff team. Yeah, they'll be OK. But I mean, they're going to run into some defensive issues going forward because Bruno Valdez, you know, got injured uh, in that match uh, against Monterrey and um looks like he'll be out for quite some time you know so how are, how are they going to look in that back line you know you know has you know, roger martinez got a red in that game you know I, I think he's been fairly important to them how was that mean for them in the next match you know i think i, I it's it, it's two big losses in a row it's and I, I think when you have those high ambitions there's going to be fierce criticism even if someone as beloved as bioco herrera but i mean will there be issues going forward perhaps but I, I think it'd be it's it's way 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 too early to be talking about Biojo potentially being dropped from the club. I think that's just it, it, it's it's ridiculous that, that it was trending for quite some time. And I, I think it's just I don't know it's just it's just angry angry people online. I guess so that Smirnoff was trending like that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so lots of things <laughs> people just start talking about it. It becomes a trend. It's just it's funny. Uh, Tom, to you, you know, obviously we've seen from the beginning with some injuries and, 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 you know, key players not being there, two consecutive losses, high scoring. Do you remember an America that has struggled this much to start a tournament or the last time America kind of looked in this? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it happens pretty regular. I mean, the, the they're in fourth position, you know what I mean? Three points off the lead. It's not a total disaster, but it was, it's interesting because um, I think in, on our preview pod, me and you, Cesar, I know we, we talked about America yeah. and we kind of like had a bit of a difference of opinion because I think you were kind of, you were more worried about them and I, I was, was kind of yeah. more upbeat. I mean, I don't think you said, oh, this is a team that's not going to make the playoff. And, no. you know, I didn't say this is a team that's going to win the league. You know what I mean? But, you know, I still, I still think America got a, a strong squad. Um, but it's quite interesting that, and I think it kind of sums up Mexican football in a way that after the first few weeks, it was like, no, America are flying. You know what I mean? They're absolutely flying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the the you know, the, I think they they won the first three or something, and 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 now it's kind of like now they're in they're in trouble. I mean, I think the truth is 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 again somewhere in between. But like Cesar said, then I mean, Valdez being out is 
massively problematic. Yeah, I mean, he's a goal scorer for them too. Is, I think that's that's something people forget. This is not just him with his defensive work. He scores for them every now and then as well. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's an absolute, it's a massive, massive blow for him. Um, and it, pretty much, I think they're going to go into the into the transfer market. And I think right now they've got, um, I think Alan Franco from Independiente. Independiente struggling big time financially. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It looks like it looks like America are going to go for um, for Franco. I think that was to the any they were reporting that. But um, but yeah, I mean they they have got they have got issues again. I think the formation as well he's looking at. I mean you know, he went for the four four two. Um, I thought Monterrey kind of dominated in this quite in a similar system. Although I think Monterrey used more of a like a diamond in in midfield there. I mean. They got a lot of red cards as well. I mean, that was the second consecutive week. I think that they've got a red card. Um, it's it's just not good enough. It's for petty stuff. I mean, Richard Sanchez last week, you know, Roger Martinez this week were just like stupid fouls that like absolutely no need. And you listen to the manager after the game, Herrera, and he's kind of criticizing the ref. I don't know. It's just constant, and you have to think that some of that is feeding into the players and and leading them to a degree to to those stupid. You know, making those stupid decisions to the get them, to get themselves sent off. But I mean, I think Cordova is is basically a you know a standout for the team right now. I think he's he's done well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they need to start sort it out. I mean, I think in central midfield, he Herrera's not not found that he's not found that balance yet. I mean, Caceres is he's, he's looked all right, but you know, and then alongside him, kind of, um, I think he played. Emilio Sanchez, you know, over the weekend, and then you've got obviously Richard Sanchez who was suspended, and yeah. he needs to find that balance in midfield. I think that's problematic, and you know, you got the likes of Giovanni dos Santos who's not really doing anything, and and you know, obviously the new player Sergio Diaz to come in, but there's still a lot of questions right now about America, um, and and you know, even Ochoa, you know, even Ochoa, and I mean, I don't know, I mean, I honestly, the one player that I just just think is pretty much done is. Paul Aguilar. Paul Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. I mean, you just look at him defending, and he's never he's been done. a good defender, but he's not moving he up and down the way he used to either. That's yeah, he wasn't a terrible I mean, defender, but he went forward with his pace that made him good to have on a team. And yeah, but now yeah. when that's gone, he doesn't bring anything. He's, yeah, he's really suffering. I mean, he obviously seems to be low on confidence as well. He's done so much for the club. He's won so much with the club. He kind of represented the club so well, but it's like. Right now, um, I just think he'd be better playing a you know a youth a youth team player right back rather than um, um, uh, rather than Paul Aguilar right now because well, Jorge Sanchez supposed to come uh, back. Jorge Sanchez supposed to come back soon, right? He tested positive for COVID, but I think he should be yeah. back for the next game. So maybe maybe we'll see some minutes there for him. But yeah, I agree. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna bring up Paul Aguilar as well. Yeah. There's somebody from Huracan, right, Tom? Saul Salcedo is another that mentioned the, uh, you know, another candidate that can replace. I think you were saying another person outside of, um, yeah, yeah. So just I think that was kind yeah, of yeah. But like like Tom, I mean, like well, thing is like Go ahead. like America definitely like well because when we were recording that preseason pod, I was like I, I felt like I had a lot of questions regarding the roster and whatnot, and then America shut me up. Like they definitely shut me up for a little bit. And then I started to praise them, and now they're doing well again. So I, now I have no idea what to make of them. But I mean, I think we 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 definitely saw some of those defensive worries, and I think a, a little bit in the attack too in the preseason. 
and maybe it's starting to you know show the light of day now. But yeah, Balagilad, you know, what's his status going forward? The midfield. I mean, I think the the midfield, to be fair, also struggled a lot without Richard Sanchez, who was unavailable for this game, and maybe plugging him back in would have uh, made things a little bit better. Like if, if he was there and if Roger Martinez didn't get that red, maybe things would have been fine. But yeah, still, I mean, now that Bruno Valdez is going to be missing, I mean, it's just, I, mean, I guess you have to see with uh, Casares, the other Casares, the defender, you know, how well he could potentially work with Aguilera, you know. Yeah, he's I mean, so young though as well, that guy, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's, he's 20. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Right. And you look at that, you know, just look, you compare that team to, you know, the 11 that, kind of Monterrey put out and then the, the bench that Monterrey has and you know there is a difference there you know what I mean I think I think I said right at the start of the season as well you need Roger Martinez firing I mean he's a special player he can do special things and um, America absolutely need him right now um, you've got Thingy to come back as well isn't it um, what's he called the winger um, Ibaguen yeah, I mean they, they need him as well they've lost Ibarra Renato Ibarra obviously he was a top top player as well so I, for me, they absolutely need Roger Martinez, and yeah, I, I, I thought I'd seen signs that you know he was he was good he to was, start with. He was up he was, for it. Yeah, yeah, he's good he, to start. He with. makes stuff happen. I mean, he's really difficult to play against. He, he kind of he's always trying, he's always trying. But I, I, aside from the sending off, I thought against Monterrey he was he was poor to be honest. Fuera Piojo is you said that it was trending. It's hard to come back to this, but. I'm just kind of thinking, like, who else are you gonna have there? Like, I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing too. Who like, are you gonna bring in? Unless if you're looking at some sort of outside hire, like, I, like, I mean, like that's who? Not happen. Yeah, because like if you're looking, I mean, Aguirre. <laughs> no, but if we're talking, yeah, but <laughs> we're looking at top league and Mikey's managers. Like, Piojo's up there. He's he's definitely up there. You you can imagine him down the line. I mean, hopefully he makes some improvements of it, like returning potentially you know to the national team you know you know maybe you know there was and there was a reason too why he was uh you know rumored to potentially be uh taken over for real betis you know i mean maybe it was just kind of like uh not real you know, interest maybe it was more so of just like kind of like rumors more than anything else but i mean he's a, he's a top top league of mickey's manager and you got you got to stick with it i think it's just it's just that kind of losing two games in a row with margins like this i think you're just gonna have a lot of angry people online yeah that's I just kind of got like what up with her? who are you gonna want Romano like what other recycled coach is gonna come in and do any better bring in Thena right that's what, bring that's what in you do. He just signed a new contract as well and and you know he was basically out of contract in June so if he was gonna move it was gonna be then yeah um, so I think you know I think that's important as well because because the other thing is these clubs and I think you have to even include America they did not they don't want to be spending money at this point and if you get rid of Miguel Herrera then you're gonna to have to pay him off and um, I'm not sure the how long he's deal with I think it might have been two years or three years or something but you're gonna to have to pay him off that and it's just it's just not something America are gonna to want to be doing they need the money to I mean it's pretty obvious as well it's not it's not all Herrera there's holes in the squad right now and big time now with with Valdez out I mean the that's that's a massive massive that's just I don't know. It's, it's ridiculously massive hole to fill there for America, but um, but yeah. They should switch it off. Piojo goes to Real Betis and Pellegrini goes to Mexico. Pellegrini's got some Mexican ties in there. Dun dun dun. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Um, that's it. That's almost uh, almost an hour. Final thoughts. 
anything worth mentioning? Liga MX, uh, Chicharito won a, you know, another trophy, a medal with the Europa League that's added to hey, it. He had a couple goals. He had a couple he, goals. And yeah, for, the, for, for those people who are just like, oh, I can't believe he got a medal. It's like, yeah, he's not there anymore. But my, my only take on that is like, he had like four Europa League appearances and scored two goals during those Europa League appearances. That's true. not... He 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 had an impact. He had an impact. It wasn't like he was just on the bench. <laughs> it's true. I had an ex girlfriend, and she won like best, um, um, like a month or year like employee, and it was I, I take pride in that, even though it was like so. <laughs> was, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, when you, you remember you know, that so vividly, I do. It was it was it was like she won all this money, and and we broke up, and I was like, hey, you know, it's it's I was a part of that, so. I take credit. So it's, you should do that. <laughs> like, where's my where's my gift card? Where's, where's my, my gift card? card? You know, all the times I took you to work because you didn't have a car. Yeah, that was that was me. It really, really <laughs> did happen. I really did think that. I'm like, hey, so you're gonna split that with me? Anyway, <laughs> selfish of me. But, I know, I know. Go ahead. Sorry. But but over looking at Liga Mekis, I think we got to give a quick shout out to Marco Fabian. Uh, it's still kind of bizarre to me that he's uh back in back in league of mecky so i thought maybe he would like have like an early retirement or something after his uh trip to to the middle east but made his debut for juarez i thought i mean like i, I didn't catch the entire game but from what i caught like he looked decent in the zero zero draw with leon right. i think he, he had some good dribbles had some had a couple shots some opportunities i i honestly expected a little bit worse you know so uh, he looks to have kept himself in shape which is obviously yeah don't speak ill of Marco Fabian, man. He's he came on the ass Cesar with us. We spent a whole day with him, Cesar. Cool dude, man. Cool, cool dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely super chill. I, but yeah, but he looked he looked he was surprisingly good. I, I think we I gotta think give give him the, credit, yeah. I think it's the photographers in Juarez who took pictures of Marco Fabian before the game and he looked like he was sixty-four. So we all thought <laughs> that he was gonna come out like and if you really look at that, I was like, this is Marco Fabian? Like, what happened to you, man? And then you saw him on the field, and he was fine. He was, you know, he's, he, I'm like, oh, okay, just just bad pictures, man. I think, plus, you know, it's followed him during the career that he could, could slip up. But hopefully he does well. I, I, you know, for a person that we met, on a personal level, he's just a great guy. But at the same time, it's like the talent that this guy had. I mean, you know, and hopefully he does well. And he's back in the Mexican League, and who knows? So I, I'd expect a little bit more on MLS, too. But... We'll see. Uh, anything else other to, to mention in Liga Mekis? Um, I think shout out to Shair Mohamed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> From oh, the weekend. For those that don't know, little little background. Yeah. Mohamed. Mohamed gives his son his, his debut in the Estadio Azteca against Club America. Injury time. Comes on, runs on. Obviously, really fired up. He wanted to at least, you know, do something. <laughs> Pops. I mean, he did do something. Yeah, I don't know. He <laughs> won't forget it. No one will. And then he then gets the red card, like literally ten seconds after going on. Just imagine so, um, as a father. Just yeah. You go, have to go on, son. Make me proud. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of that, right? Like you first have to justify the fact that you're putting your son in and people are going to question it is it because it's your son right so then you're like no i'm gonna do it because he deserves it it's not because it's my son and i'm gonna go ahead this is a good player he needs the time i would do it if it was anybody else <laughs> right and then like 30 seconds in this happens and you just come back do you just go like are you a dad at that moment when you're like oh my gosh not only are people going to just talk about this but dude come on man 
that's yeah. kind of sucks. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he'll look back on this and laugh though. But yeah, like I, it's, it's yeah, it wasn't exactly a an ideal debut right there. And and just yeah. both, I feel bad for both because as a father you got to be like, oh gosh, and then as a coach you're like, oh now they're gonna question it. But as his son being so fired up and doing that, just the level of disappointment. You know how sons <laughs> and their fathers just to think that dad I let you down and then. Just I I feel really bad for both. Just a bad situation, but it gives yeah. us something to talk about. Liga Mekis, yeah, Liga Just uh, yeah, I thought you know Monterrey as well. I think that um, I don't know they messed around with the formation quite a lot, and and obviously it's so difficult because you know you've got so many top players at that club, and some of them are in good form, some of them not in good form, some of them need play to I don't know some play they need to start five games in a row to get get into rhythm and it's just such a difficult balance but um but for me they've not got it they've not he's, Mohamed hasn't found it of late and and I think against America there was kind of some signs there with you know Funes Mori and Jansen starting together mm-hmm. Jansen got sent off so he won't be playing the next game but <laughs> but um but like kind of Charlie Rodriguez just behind him and then kind of Ortiz kind of in the holding role like I said almost a diamond midfield um, I mean, I'm not sure it's ideal, but it's kind of, I don't know, I, th- I thought it worked better than the kind of other formations they've, they've, they've tried this season. So, so yeah, and it was a big win, I think, that for, for Monterrey and Mohamed, because um, although, you know, we've, we've talked on the show about the team missing chances and, and that really, really hurting them um, ever since they won that title, it's also... I don't know. They've, they've also struggled to get that formation, struggled to get that chemistry, that blend within the within the starting eleven. And and you know the rumours out of Monterrey as well is this kind of it's not the most harmonious squad over there. Um, you know because you basically got big players who are on the bench. I mean, you know Jonathan Gonzalez played the under twenties over the weekend, like Mexico international. And then you've got you know Mesa, Cranivita, and Layun all all coming off the bench, so it's a difficult place. You know, Ortados uh, not not about through injury, but um, but yeah, but I think it was a really really big win that for Monterrey. And shout out to Cruz Azul too for for getting a three to one win over San Luis. I mean, I think I think that was kind of expected for them uh, to get that win there, even though it was an, an away game. But <laughs> I mean, their their spot. I mean, they have their spot in first place. You know, and when and when Cabecita is firing, you know, when he's got. He's got a couple goals. I mean, it's just a few teams that could that could uh, that could stop Cruz Azul. So I think once again, having a really strong start to the season. Um, yeah, they they had that loss to Querétaro, um, and I think some people started to have little worries or questions about them. But I mean, they've bounced back. They've had a have a they've had a couple wins since then, and I mean that, that's definitely a positive start to have about you know 13 points um, from their first six games though. So it looks like it's gonna be another strong season for them. And yeah, like I said, as long as Gavacita stepping up, and also you know, you know, you know, little you know, Chaquito Jimenez, you know, Santiago Jimenez, you know, if he continues to find the back of the net, I mean, that is also is going to help them as well. I mean, I had there been a, you know a couple of Cruz Azul games where I've watched where like he's missed some big chances, where he's definitely missed some opportunities, but he's a very young striker too, you know, and I, a very young Mexican striker, which is you know something that we should be keeping an eye on. But I mean, I think it's always good to to see him find the back of the net, and who knows, like if if. if you know, if Jimenez really starts to step up the season, really starts to find those opportunities, then, I mean, along alongside Cabecita, I mean, Crystal could definitely become <laughs> un- unstoppable. All right, I'm laughing because you mentioned Cabecita three times, and it's it's kind of funny Cabecita. because Cabecita. because imagine someone asking what what's his name and doesn't speak <laughs> Spanish, and you're like, oh yeah, they call him Little Head. You know, it's like you know they can like. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's kind of funny, which made me think maybe we should, have, we, we, we should we should have like apodos, maybe like the Mexican soccer show, like all of us, like Tom Cabecita, Marshall, like you know Cesar Chicote Hernandez, and we saw trophies. Like I don't know. Is, I already I already have my Cara de Calcetín nickname for my family, so I don't know. <laughs> Soft face. <laughs> I was an ugly kid. Oh my god. <laughs> He used to call me El Russo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He used to, used to get buckets of, like, the cubetas of beer delivered when we had, like, people around and all that. El and uh, for some, re- some reason in the shop, they just started calling me El Russo. I was like, what? Pretty <laughs> <laughs> mad, isn't it? That's so I just took all it right. on. I was like, yeah, a badass Russian. <laughs> hey, I mean, right, right. but those nicknames. I don't. I, last little thing. I mean, it is. Uh, whenever I like talk to like about League of Mechies games, like with my girlfriend, she's always fascinated. She's like, "So what's that guy's nickname?" Yeah. Like, or, or even like her favorite was uh, uh, was it Quintero? And she was like, "Wait, so he's the goal scientist?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, he's definitely the goal scientist." Like, scientifico <laughs> oh, goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I interviewed interviewed Darwin Quintero in like. Just before all this this COVID stuff, I, w- I was in Houston, and the story's not gone out yet, but it's pretty funny. Because I started asking him about, you know, his name and stuff, because his name's like Carlos Darwin, which is like mm-hmm. Charles Darwin, which is <laughs> yeah. the, scientist, the scientist, the, you know, the scientist, the goals, yeah, the goal scientist. And then, like, he's from, like, a town called Tumaco or something like that right on the coast of Ecuador, which is really close to the Galapagos Islands, which is where Charles Darwin, you know, discovered the, the theory of, of evolution. Um, evolution and all that kind of thing. And um, and I was asking Quintana, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about Darwin. So <laughs> <laughs> like, why did your mum and dad call you it? He's like, no idea. I was like, I was thinking this is going to be a wicked, like, you know, introduction to my story. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like his dad's like, yeah, you know, Evolution, love it. I love evolution, mate. And then it's like, no, I've got no idea. He's like, no, I don't really know anything about him. It's like, if you named after him, you must have read up something. Tell me about the origin of species. You know, Charles Darwin's famous book that outlined evolutionary practices in the scientific community. That's hilarious. Yeah, I have no idea. You should still write it, bro. still do it. It's one of those interviews. It was like, oh, what's your like hometown like? He was like, I don't really know. Like moved moved away when I was pretty young. And he's like, oh god, really just have to just really just keep pumping out the questions and you know, I don't know even the stuff. I don't know. Anyway, so right, that's it. See you later. No, no. The, the goal scientist. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, before we go, I want to obviously thank all of you. Please, 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 please. If we're we're making a a a thing to call out make sure you go into our itunes page and give us a review and what we're going to do is we're going to read them at the beginning or at the end of the show maybe in the middle just as a break if you review us and give us a five stars um we'll say your name no we'll say your name regardless just say something nice right so we're looking uh for more reviews on there you know tell us what you think about the podcast what you like about the podcast and then we'll give you a shout out on the show um maybe one of these days we'll we'll pick a few to come on and just say hello maybe we'll do some kind of drawing so we'll make it fun but we uh we definitely appreciate those of you already uh had uh reviewed uh it just helps us obviously we get notifications and then when people see it they're like hey these guys have really good reviews on the podcast so 
If you want to help us, please do. Um, if you don't want to help us, then don't give us any reviews because then there'll be bad reviews. So, <laughs> all right, we're good, we're good, we're good. All right, guys, we've gone well over an hour. Think about a, you know, a, a, a polos for all of us: La Fiera, El Pelao, La Gata, el Brujita, Cebolla, Lechuga, el, Rifle, el, el Pirata. That's my other name. El oh, Pirata. Yes, pirata. pirata. Oh, Jefecito Marshall. Tom Jefe. Huiso <laughs> Burrito Vasquez. Papelito. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. I uh, hope you have a, a good week. Liga MX preview on Thursday with Cesar and usually a special guest. Um, and yeah, we'll continue with the Mexican soccer show as we, we always do. Nos vemos. Hasta la próxima.